Hello, everybody, and of course, welcome back to another episode of X Talking Ish with your boy X. And if you already know what to do, if you are on Facebook, please make sure you like and share this broadcast. If you are on our Facebook page, please make sure you go ahead and hit that like button. If you are on YouTube, go ahead and hit that red subscribe button so you can uh, be subscribed to our channel on YouTube. And also go ahead and hit that notification bell so you can be notified for shows like this one in the future. Okay. Thank you for that ish. Mm. And as well, if you are on Twitter, please go ahead and check us out at X Talking Ish. And as well on my personal page at X underscore Williams81. Um, now, if you've listened to our shows in the last couple of weeks, uh, you've you've heard me talk about how I've been able to stream on multiple channels. Well, not anymore, unfortunately, just due to uh, <laughs> streaming services and the way we've I've been trying to tinker with certain things before the season uh, gets started. Seems as though, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to do it the way I would like to. So we're going back to the old school method uh, when it comes to, as they say, ish. Uh, don't no need to reinvent the wheel. So we're going to stay on this beautiful streaming service called StreamYard and. Uh, now everybody's comments should be coming in no problem so uh for, any, for anybody that is of course tuning in at the moment please go ahead and chime in so i can see your comments on facebook youtube twitter just so we can make sure we know that we're getting the right uh, content in and we're giving y'all the right content back to y'all as well so with that being said it's before we get into the comments let's go ahead and check in on how you are doing sir how you doing today I'm doing all right, doing all right, man. Getting uh, you know more and more excited as the season is rolling in. Got fantasy drafts coming up. I mean, there's so much going on um, as far as football wise. Getting into the swing of things, so it's an exciting time of year. You are not wrong about that. The uh, in the past, this, this is our past couple of weeks. We've of course we've been talking about the season is up and coming is, is coming is coming and ish guess what now it's it's here to i mean literally, literally two days away yeah. we finally have a first preseason game of the of the nfl season um let's be real ish i i know i'm going to sound like a grumpy gus to to lee out here but you know for guys like us that play football i mean you know preseason is cool you know it's cool and all but you know, we're ready for the show. You know, we're ready for at least at least the regular season because in this sport, every, every game in regular season actually matters. Football, basketball, I mean, baseball, basketball, not so much. But football, I mean, every week definitely matters. So, you know, with this upcoming NFL season, we know how difficult it's going to be for everybody all across the land. Uh, and with that being said, let's go ahead and get right to the first topic of the day. Uh, it was – course not just nfl news not just uh football news around the spectrum it was honestly worldly news ish when it comes to the six game suspension heard around the world when it comes to deshaun watson uh being issued his six game suspension by uh judge sue l robertson uh who was appointed a third party official to make this uh decision so it can be a third-party decision. So nobody would be a part of this when it comes to the NFL ties. Um, and this is the first time ever in the NFL that this type of um, – how, how would you say uh, it's uh, not an investigation, but uh, this type of uh, ruling and this type of uh, mm -hmm. operation that has gone on to, to settle – a disciplinary action. Yeah, this is the first time uh, of so. this new arbitration system. So the very first ruling from the new system that they uh, agreed to in the new collective bargaining agreement. And all of this takes place because, like it said, after the new CBA, dealing with past instances in the NFL due to, of course, violent or nonviolent uh, actions of uh, NFL players, uh, they come to this ruling uh, when it comes to 
having Judge Sue L. Robinson make this uh, six-game suspension come down. Now, the interesting thing about this whole layout is, and I know this is something I know you read into, is the specific language that is involved in this report um, just due to a little bit of hypocrisy amongst the wording because if you're wording it a certain way, it seems as though maybe he deserves a little bit more games of suspension. I mean, sorry, serve more games suspended than the three that he's supposed to be getting. But at the end of the day, this is the ruling that she put down. Ish. Um. Yeah. I mean, just for the purposes of not going into a whole spiel and standing on soapboxes and whatnot. Y'all came here for our football analysis, so I'm going to keep it strictly associated to football. Um, from a football standpoint, uh, the Browns are – when this ruling came down, the Browns were celebrating. They were popping the champagne bottles. Um, they were probably, you know, all giving each other high fives. They were going out, and they they probably won the Super Bowl when this, um, when this ruling came out. Because to be honest, when you look at their schedule – of the first six games with this ruling. I mean, they only have one divisional opponent in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, they have three games that you would say are difficult games with the Steelers, the Chargers, and the Patriots. And then the other three games you would say they probably are still favorites with Jacoby Brissett starting, if not very close um, you know, close underdogs in those games. So to be honest, um, for the Cleveland Browns, this is a win. This This ruling is a win for them. Uh, he only has to miss the first six games, and it looks like, you know, even if you come out three and three from the first six games, I mean, you still got a bunch of division games to play. You got five more division games to play on the season, um, and hey, there's more than half the season left, so uh, this is a big win for them. I know that they're going to be, I mean, we still have Thursday because they have until Thursday to um uh, the league has until Thursday to uh, appeal, which then that opens up a whole nother can of worms. And but I mean, honestly speaking, even though the the league wanted, they said at minimum the year. I don't think the league is going to appeal this ruling. I don't think that they one have a really strong case to appeal. Uh, also, I don't know that they want to appeal the very first ruling of this new arbitration process. Um, the only reason why I could see them possibly appealing is because of the money aspect, because he's not losing any money. There's no fine. So I think that may be the one part that they might have an issue with, because right now, if you're looking at it for all those who are upset with this ruling, I mean, beyond it just being six games and not really hurting the Cleveland Browns, the fact that he's not actually losing any money, he's only losing, what, $325,000 or three sixty-five. I mean, that in and of itself just kind of seems like, wow, this guy really, it doesn't feel like he got punished. If, if we're really looking at it like, yeah, he missed a whole year where he didn't want to play for the Texans, and yeah, he's going to miss the first six games. But when you think about what the league was asking for, um, if I'm in Deshaun Watson's camp, I feel ecstatic about the ruling. Um, if I'm on the Cleveland Browns, I feel ecstatic about the ruling. And now we're looking to what are we going to be able to do, um, you know, moving forward as far as competing for the AFC North and potentially the Super Bowl. I mean, everything you pretty much said is, is spot on. I want to get to this comment right quick from Christine Robichaud, which is uh, unfortunately the same thing I keep continue to keep saying on social media uh, when she says they look dumb because really is suspended a whole year for a thousand dollar bet. That's the other part. Well, again, everybody, we can't keep trying to compare one incident to another because they're all not the same. And they all have to be taken care of in all a different manner. You know, the Ridley's case, I know it doesn't sound sound sexy to everybody what I'm about to say, but it does it, it does play a part in the integrity of the game. Why do you think Pete Rose is still not a baseball hall of fame? I mean, again, I don't make the rules. I'm just letting y'all know what's what's going on. 
And do I think really what really did was bad? I don't think it was that bad. But at the end of the day, that's the rule that they've had in place for in football for not last year or 10 years ago. This has been, it's been in the rule book for 60 plus years now. Uh, but at the end of the day, that's something that's going to happen more and more often moving forward. I think when it comes to, of course, everybody being able to bet in more uh, in a more of a new and unique way instead of having to go to a sports book, being able to place a bet on your phone, would be surprised if it really is not the only person that this happens to, which is, again, it's unfortunate, but it's just a part of the, the way that the NFL disciplines not just the players, but also the owners, which we'll get into that very shortly, is very ass backwards. And it's it puts the NFL in a very tough spot because at the end of the day, is right now they are the the best entertainment sport in the in the United States. And it seems as though no matter what they go through, good or bad, they find a way to continue to still still make money. So when they say at the, at the end of the day, as they say, all any news is good news for them. They continue to keep making good and bad headlines, but that dollar sign continues to keep rising due to TV deals, due to, of course, endorsements. And there, it seems like that business isn't stopping anytime soon. Let me get to the comments right quick. Christine Robichaud also says it's about the money for them. LOL, it's more than just it's more than that. They don't care what their players actually do as long as it doesn't mess with their money. Which of course is is very true. And again, it's something we'll get into very shortly with another owner that's uh, got a little slap on the wrist for some of the things that he was doing. Um, but it plays a part of the whole business aspect of do you trust if you're if you're a civilian and you're placing a bet on the Cleveland Browns to win this game by three points, and all of a sudden at the end of the game, um, there's a miraculous untouched run for 80 yards, and all of a sudden you're looking at your bet like, whoa, was this was this a legit play? Uh, you know, we've seen it in sports multiple times where, you know some plays will make you scratch your head or when it comes to was that play really legit or not. So again, that's another can of worms that we have to get into another, on another day, uh, on another episode. Uh, but when it comes to the Deshaun Watson situation and the whole football aspect of it, when it comes to what the Cleveland Browns are looking at it from, I have to agree with Ish when it comes to, if he's only serving six games, he'll come back and play against the Baltimore Ravens, a, uh, a, a of course a division a division rival to where uh, you might be able to have the Sean Watson be a, be be fully healthy going into the mid part of the season, and he really doesn't even have to play a full season to hopefully maybe lead you into the playoffs and maybe make make a playoff run, uh, because like we've talked about it in the last couple of years, this Cleveland Browns is a team that's kind of built to maybe make a playoff slash Super Bowl run. It just needed that next level quarterback. And this guy could be it if he's only able to maybe serve a six game suspension. If he only serves six games, I've said it once on here ish, wait, watch out for the Cleveland Browns. The NFC that <laughs> the AFC North is going to be a division to look out for. Uh same with I think it will be on par with the AFC West. I know you can call me crazy on that, but I'm just saying it's gonna be it's gonna be it's not gonna be the air it out, shoot it out division like an AFC West. It'll be the ground and pound, ugly type of football, smack you in the mouth, and win by literally less than four points every game division, but it's gonna be very entertaining. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm putting it up there with AFC West, but I am. It'll be interesting. I'm telling you. It'll be it'll be a fun little fun division to watch. It will be, it will be. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next topic of the night. Like I talked about when it comes to speaking of owners um, being held uh, being held disciplinary action, the NFL strips 
the Miami Dolphins of their 2023 first round pick and also finds the Dolphins owner Stephen Ross 1.5 million for tampering with Tom Brady and Sean Payton uh, in 2019 and through 2022 when um, the owner Stephen Ross and uh, Vice Chairman Bruce Bill actually had conversations with Tom Brady and also uh, other other individuals like of course Sean Payton to try to pretty much get the inside you know scoop kind of like some insider trading to where we wanted to make sure we got our dibs on you to once you get done hey Sean once you get done with New Orleans no. go ahead come over to Miami we got a we got a boat for you we got a nice little condo for you and everything but uh seems as though that didn't work um and with all the fallout that Miami had uh, due to, of course, uh, former Miami Dolphins coach Brian Flores, uh, after he got let go from the head coaching job for Miami Dolphins, Brian Flores also dropped a lawsuit on the NFL regarding racial discrimination and hiring processes of uh, NFL head coaches in the NFL. Uh, at the time-ish, I don't know about you, but I definitely remember when Brian Flores dropped that lawsuit, he saw a lot of people talked about how he was crazy. He didn't know what he was talking about, and he was tripping. See, a lot of people that are very quiet today. How you feel about that, Ish? Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't feel like this finding was anything that shocked us, right? I think that all of the things that we found out are things that people expected happen behind closed doors. Um, I don't think a lot of people thought that Brian Flores was lying, even though they didn't necessarily come out and say that they were tanking games. But when you hear you got an owner going out there and trying to recruit Tom Brady, um, you know, breaking um, policy, league policy, when you violating league policies willy nilly out here. And it, I mean, multiple times. It's not like they did it one time. They did it multiple times over a span of a couple of years. So, like, when they're violating team um, policies for a coach and for a player, let's just be honest, Brad. They were out here trying to lose games. I mean, they were out here trying to lose games. A- anybody that wants to dispute that now, something wrong with you because it's clear that Miami, they are out there just living their best life down there, doing whatever they want to do because they know no one's coming for them. And frankly speaking – they the NFL had to respond the way that it responded because uh, they did just get called out in Judge Sue uh, Sue's uh, her ruling uh, with Deshaun Watson. I mean, they called them out. They said the owners aren't held to the same standard that the players are being held to. So they had to come out and do something when you find and it was, owner doing and it was rather time. quickly too. Because I'm just saying, this is out, been quickly, out for a while. Right? It's been out for a while, and we haven't heard anything about this. And all of a sudden, a day later after Deshaun Watson's rule, they jumped on days it. Later after that, I mean, it was very quick. Well, I mean, they had they're trying to take the the news away from the Deshaun Watson thing because of how controversial it is, and you know the differing opinions about it. Um, but this is one thing I think is not very controversial. I think everybody agrees, like, yeah, they they deserve this, and if anything. Um, I think it lends credence to some of the people that are saying, hey, man, Stephen Ross, need, they need to make him sell that team. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know if I would go as far as saying he needs to sell the team, but my man need to chill out, okay? He need to relax, hang out there in Miami. You're able to get Tyreek Hill on your team now. I mean, just calm it down a little bit, please, man. Now, let's remember, it's, of course, just a couple seasons prior before Tua got – to the Miami Dolphins, it was the hashtag and the chant tank for Tua. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying and it, they it were happened. <laughs> I'm not saying it happened. I'm just saying that a lot of people were okay with how much you want to he the one that started that one. Hey, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying he it was out there. In somebody here, like, hey I'm, man, start this ten, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying it was out there. So. I'm not saying, of course, I'm getting definitely not saying Stephen Ross was the one that put it out there. Of course, I'm saying it. jokes. It's just I'm, I'm, I'm saying that Stephen Ross. What I'm saying <laughs> is that um, the the comment that I wanted to read when it comes to from Brian Flores 
when he says the uh, the NFL, however, found no evidence that the team initially lost games during the 2019 season. In February, former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores said in his lawsuit alleging racism in the league's higher process, I'm sorry, higher practice that Ross attempted to incentivize him to, to quote unquote tank or purposely lose games shortly after he was hired in 2019, with Ross allegedly offering Flores $100,000 for every loss that season. Flores allegedly, uh, I'm sorry, Flores alleged that as the team won games late in the season, Dolphins general manager Chris Greer told him Ross was mad that on the field success or compromising the team's draft position. So mm. with that being said, that is kind of the definition of tanking because the more games you win, the better, I'm sorry, the worse your, your draft stock is. The, the more games you lose, the better your draft stock is. Um, so again, it's, we're not saying that it happened, but in the context of what's going on, same thing with the report with Deshaun Watson, if we want to continue to keep what it is on black and white, you know, there was might be some things going on back there. But here's the kicker. And I've stated this from Deshaun Watson, and I will continue to state it with everything else that comes out, not just in the NFL, but also in life as well, too. If there was things that happened, okay, I understand that. But unfortunately, we ha- everything has to go through the judicial system, which is not not the best. And we all know it's it's unfortunately sometimes tailored to people that have the money and be able to get away with certain things. And that's unfortunately kind of the world that we live in right now. And I'm not saying that you know everybody should be okay with that. I'm just saying that's kind of just the way that it is to where sometimes we just, we might not ever know the truth on certain things. And some of y'all might just have to go to bed with that and be okay with that because guess what? You might not never find out because things are just going to probably stay in the courthouse. And with that being said, some of y'all, I'm just saying, it's, I could be wrong, but I'm just saying some of y'all got to gotta fall back and not, and not take some of this to heart, especially hearing people here in Houston that hate Deshaun Watson right now. Like, let, let go. He ain't thinking about y'all. I promise you, he's not. I promise y'all. Anywho, let's go ahead and move on to the next topic and something a little um, more cheery, a little, little, a little bit of a better story. Uh, our boy Debo, Samuel finally gets his, his well-deserved money. Uh, he gets his three-year deal extension worth up to $73 million. Um, of course, Ish, you and I will talk about the contract, his, his on-the-field uh, success, and of course, what he can, what he, what he does for the 49er offense. Um, but of course, also I want to talk about, I want to talk about, unfortunately, the negative first before we get into all the positive. And no takeaway from, I mean, sorry, no, no knock on Debo because Debo is that guy. Um, the only thing that I'm worried about when it comes to Debo moving forward, and it's not just, not just these next three years, it's just the rest of his career, is will his lower body injuries catch up to him? moving forward because he does have a lot of lower body injuries to where I just hope he doesn't get ran into the ground. We've seen players, unfortunately, get ran into the ground to where they have their one or two years or maybe three years, like a Ty Gurley, and after that, gone, gone. And it's unfortunate, but it happens a lot more often than people think. Now, like we say all the time, Ish, we want our we want our guys to get their money, get your money. But the question is, is how how much will you have to be used in the 49ers office this upcoming season? Mainly because you you'll you'll be playing with a rookie, quote unquote rookie quarterback. You'll be a second year, of course, in the league, but first year actually starting. Um, will they have to will they rely on Debo more than ever? Now we're a rookie quarterback. I just wanted to throw that to you. Um, you know, I, I do like you pointing out the lower body injuries because I think that was part of the importance of getting this contract squared away. Is that he needed some of that security to say, "Hey guys, if I'm gonna be out here playing running back, uh, playing wide receiver, running reverses, 
doing it, everything that throwing the team the needs too. me to Don't do. Yeah, throwing the ball. I mean, if I'm gonna be out here doing everything, um, as uh, as famously was said by Bowie Miles' uncle, and he can pass. Um, sure. I need that money, man. And he, he went out. He got it. I mean, he's what six now in guaranteed in in like the average salary per year. Um, he got a good guaranteed chunk. Uh, I think it was like fifty one eight. Let me double check my numbers. Fifty eight one. Um, fifty eight point one. So, um, I mean, he's got some good guaranteed money there. He's got a good you know um, yearly cash amount. Uh, but I don't know, man. It's gonna be rough. I think. What I've heard in from reports of camp so far is that uh, Trey Lance, not necessarily struggling, but he hasn't been having the greatest of times uh, where people are just feeling, you know, all bubbly about the Jimmy G thing. That's not to say Jimmy G was out there lighting it up in practice, but um, I've heard that there have been just a couple of struggles there and it didn't help that Debo wasn't there. So maybe the organization and maybe as a franchise, they felt like, hey, after seeing this turnout, we're going to definitely need Debo in here. And that only speaks to how important he's going to be to the offense moving forward. Yes, they have Brandon Ayuk still there who can help as the uh, the number two receiver. But honestly speaking, this offense lives and dies, runs, breathes through Debo Samuel and what he's able to do in his versatility. So it it is going to be big as far as wear and tear on him and his body. But I think that's what the importance of this contract. And by the grace of God, you know, he is able to stay healthy, continue to do what he's doing. And maybe there'll be another contract, a big contract in his future. One thing they did talk about, which. I didn't really think about it until they brought it up. And you actually go back and go look at the film. It is true. When you, when, you, when they bring this up, Kyle Shanahan did say that Debo Samuel is, is the heartbeat and the soul of this team. He's the guy that leads the team out on the field. And, you know, if you go back and go look at that, uh, uh, that Super Bowl and NFC championships or NFC championship game, you know, you'll see, you'll see Debo, you know, leading the team out onto the field. Uh, so with that being said, you know, Debo, when one, of course, deserves the money, you know, that was never in question. Um, but for what he was able to get right now, he more than deserves. And I think he he can be comfortable enough to play this upcoming season without having to worry about what does this team uh, think of me and what do they want to do when it comes to trying to run me in the ground. Uh, the one thing I do love about this contract, though, it is the incentives that are involved when it comes to uh, rushing yards and being able to uh, get paid off of that. Uh, the only thing I don't do not like about the contract is the cap when it comes to he's capped off at, uh, I want to say, I know when it gets back, he'll get the numbers back to me, but I want to say about Six hundred, I think it was six hundred fifty thousand of of a. Uh, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. One point nine. My apologies. One point nine million dollars over that three years of he can get when it comes to rushing yards. Um, when it when it comes to incentive wise, so if Debo is able to hit all his marks, he can get a contract totaling seventy three point five million dollars, but. If Debo has a smart camp, which I know he does, he'll probably be able to re-up within those two years and maybe get a $100 million contract for another three years. So, again, this is how these contracts are going uh, moving forward when it comes to it's no more of these four-year for $12 million deals. It's a lot more money in the NFL now. It's a lot more um, – negotiating of the guaranteed money as well, uh, which is a very big first in the NFL that we haven't seen in past years to where it's been more of a, you have to earn, it's our earn it league. You have to play six, seven, eight years before you can get that big contract. Uh, 
the numbers that some of these guys are getting now, I'm pretty sure old school football players are, are like sick of their, sick of their stomachs when it comes to the amount of money that these guys are getting now. Um, but overall, it's I mean it's good for everybody. It's not just good for the players because again, I don't think a lot of people think about this. But if the players are making a hundred million dollars, hundred fifty million dollars player, how much do you think these owners are making? Yeah. Let's think about that for a second. So it's not just the players that are making a lot of money. It's also NFL owners getting buku amount of money. All right. I'll, of course, wait for Ish to join us uh, whenever he gets back. I'm pretty sure he had to take a very important phone call. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and take it into training camp news, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And if you know um, – Training camp, you know, unfortunately, you'll see uh, a little more ugly than you want to. But we have a lot of good and bad. And Ish, I appreciate you for joining us once again. You're good. You ain't got to apologize. I know things happen. Uh, but, of course, Ish, I don't know if you heard me or not, but we're getting right back into the training camp of things in the NFL. Uh, and so, like I said, before we get with the good and the bad, let's unfortunately get with the ugly right quick and talk about some unfortunate news of Dallas Cowboys. Wide receiver James Washington, um, he comes to the Cowboys uh, leaving the Pittsburgh Steelers, and and I felt like he was going to come in and definitely help out the wide receiver core, especially with uh, Amari Cooper leaving and going to the Browns. Um, he got carted off uh, with his of his right foot. It seems as though he got caught up uh, landing down. Uh, Trayvon Diggs was kind of landing down on a one-on-one play on his right foot and it seemed like he got caught up under him and uh, he had a fractured right leg. It looks like he'll be out six to 10 weeks at the moment. Um, and ish, um, since we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys, let's talk about, of course, this team and this, this, this injury affecting this offense, affecting this quarterback, which is Dakota, of course, Mr. Prescott. And, Ish, and I know we talked about this on episodes prior when it comes to like, hey, this is a big year for Dakota. I mean, look, I, I know the numbers look good. I know, you know, if you if you want to compare them with the elite quarterbacks when it comes to passing yards and fourth quarter comebacks and QBR and all that other crap, right? At the end of the day, what matters is winning loss records in the playoffs. Ish, that's what it comes down to. If you want to be considered amongst the elite quarterbacks. You know, if you want to be the guy that's throwing for 1,000 yards and don't do shit in the playoffs, you can be that guy. That's cool. But Dakota is supposed to be the guy that's going to take the Cowboys back to the Super Bowl. And this upcoming season is, I'll say I'll say it right now, and I'll, and I'll say it throughout the rest of the season. If Dakota is able to have another 4,500-yard 4, season, you know, 66 and above uh, completion percentage, and is able to wield the, the Cowboys to the playoffs, I will be on this show and give him a standing ovation because I'll be honest with you, Ish, I just do not see it this upcoming season. There's going to be a, it's a lot of pressure, not just on Dak Prescott, but also, too, of course, on the outside, a, a, another 88 joining joining the club when it comes to C.D. Lamb. And, 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 and can he be the number one receiver? I believe he can be. I think this will be his breakout season. But – this question marks. This question mark still on him. On uh, can he be that guy? Um, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, are are you wearing are you wearing thin on the tires? You know, will you get your spot taken by by Pollard in the backfield? You know, these are a lot of legit questions with the Dallas Cowboys this upcoming season. So this is definitely not any hate when it comes to oh, you know, let's all always get on the Cowboys. No, this is a serious concern on. How are y'all looking going into this season? Because I've said it already, Ish. I'm picking the Philadelphia Eagles to win the division. And I'm not backing mm. down on this. I'm not backing down on this. And mm. with this injury and with other things that are going to probably continue to uh, to conspire with the Dallas Cowboys when it comes to anything that can go wrong will, they'll be lucky to get a wild card spot in the NFC at this moment. Lucky. Mm-mm. Yeah, this this was probably one of those injuries that there are certain injuries on teams that I think you just can't have as a team. I think this is definitely one of those ones for the Dallas Cowboys. They were already thin as it is. 
at wide receiver. We all know Michael Gallup still uh, recovering. You got C.D. Lamb, who I think he can step in and be number one, but I think he struggles when you don't have a Michael Gallup on the other side. And now you're losing another weapon at the wide receiver spot. I mean, I just think that overall it's it's going to be a rough year, although they are going to lean probably a lot heavier on Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard um, in that run game. You still need some weapons in the passing game and just relying on CD Lamb or, I mean, you got rookie Jalen Talbert, uh, Tolbert who came in. Um, TJ Vasher is there. I mean, I don't know really when I'm looking at the that lineup. I don't know outside of CD Lamb who's going to have that sort of impact. Uh, I don't know. I'm going as far as picking the the Eagles to win the division just yet, but I do have a lot of questions surrounding the Dallas Cowboys, and I just don't see the answers right now. Now. You get to the comments right quick, like Christine Robichaud doing, of course, the eyeballs because she's uh, a little surprised that I'm probably picking the Philadelphia Eagles to win the division uh, because, like I tell her all the time, I'm not an emotional uh, fan. I am a logical logical football person when it comes to picking uh, legit picks, and this is, for me, a legit pick uh, when it comes to the Cowboys are just not – just – Whatever vision Jerry Jones has right now when it comes to Mike McCartney and thinking he's the guy to wield them to a Super Bowl. And 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 I, I when I look at Jerry Jones and when he's sitting in his little perch in Cowboy Stadium, he literally is the person version of the meme of the dog that's on fire and saying, it's fine. And the whole everything around you is on fire. And he's sitting in his chair like, it's fine. No, it, it's not fine. It's not. I don't, I don't know why you are not seeing what everybody else is seeing. Don't get me wrong. I think Mike McCartney's a good coach. But we all can see that Aaron Rodgers might have been the reason why you won the Super Bowl. But look, it, might, you know, it was a team effort, too. I'm just saying, you know, let's not make it seem like Mike McCartney is, is you know, uh, the next great thing in NFL coaching. So with that being said, the Dallas Cowboys are not trending upwards heading into the regular season. It'll be interesting to see how they look going into the preseason. But ish, this is just my opinion. I'm very worried about the Dallas Cowboys. That's fair. All right, one more ugly thing before we head into some, uh, you know, some decent news in the training camp. An unfortunate, another big injury for the Broncos wide receiver Tim Patrick. He tears in. ACL his right knee, he's out for the season. Mm. Uh, like I talked about with Dakota Prescott, uh, trying to have a big season. This is another quarterback who we've talked about on this show when it comes to maybe he can make a splash and, and make a culture change in Denver and, and, and be able to use that hashtag, let's ride, and try to wield these Broncos into a Super Bowl maybe his first year. And at the moment, um, Russ, Russ Wilson, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, you're already losing bodies as it is. And if you, if these injuries keep up for the Denver Broncos, y'all going to be looking like the Broncos version of the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, you're, I mean, you're literally leaving one spot in hand and landing right into the exact same spot with this higher elevation and high, maybe higher weed too. while you at it? So, when it comes to Russ, I'm not worried about Russ not being able to cook. We know Russ going to cook. Not worried about that. But the real question is, is where does this now put you in the AFC West? Because there are some people that, you know, maybe third, maybe even second. Hey, there's some people, maybe, you know, a lot of different fans, maybe putting you, hey, we're going to win the division now. It's real, realistically, where does this put the Denver Broncos in the AFC West? I think it puts them wherever you had them going before this injury. I don't think it. I don't think this injury hurts them as much as um, as we all initially kind of thought when we first heard about it. I think that shock just kind of hit everyone. But when I really sit and think about it, I look at the depth chart, dude. This dude's not even top three on the depth chart. He's yes, he brings a lot of added a lot of depth 
that they need it to the position, but they are in no way, shape, or form in the same situation that the Dallas Cowboys are facing. They still have Cortland Sutton, Sutton there. They still got Jerry Judy. They still got KJ Hamler, who's, um, you know, to me, one of the most underrated uh, young receivers that came out um, in the past couple of years. So, I mean, when you're really looking at it, they still have the weapons around him. So I don't think that this injury really changes wherever you had them before this injury happened. You probably still have them in that same spot. Now the question becomes with the depth that you need in this league, because we know in this league, anything can happen. You one play away from getting injured. Next next man man up. Do you think that it affects them enough to maybe just maybe put a little bit of doubt into where you had them before. I don't think for me, it doesn't move them from where they were before, but it may for some people put a little doubt into their minds of, well, just maybe they might not be where they're supposed to be. But I think ultimately that um, they're in the same spot. They're going to keep doing what they're doing and we're going to see what happens. I'm not mad at that uh, commentary at all. Um, just from these two reports of two, unfortunately, two wide receivers going now from two different teams, uh, this brings into play what I was bringing up to you, Ish, uh, in the pre-show and everybody that's tuning in, if you want to chime in on this as well, maybe this opens the doorway for maybe an Odell Beckham signing for the Dallas Cowboys or maybe even the Denver Broncos. Uh, when it comes to cap wise, I don't know at the moment if both of these teams have enough cap. Um, but when it comes to being able to play in a, in a on a team that actually needs you and can use your better leadership, and also now Super Bowl expertise, maybe a team like the Dallas Cowboys might be a very good fit for Odell Beckham, or even a team. Uh, like the Denver Broncos, led by a veteran quarterback like Russell Wilson, could be a great fit for OBJ. That's something to look into. Um, overall, I think he stays with LA. I think he stays with LA. That's just my opinion, unless just the perfect situation comes down for him. But I think he loves LA. I think this, his family loves LA. And I think he'll. Uh, I think he'll do anything possible to make sure that he stays in L.A. and uh, running back with the Rams. All right. So let's go ahead and move along and talk a little bit about this upcoming Hall of Fame game uh, that that will be played by the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Whenever Ish, of course, gets back from his uh, little mini break, of course, we'll talk about his, uh, his favorite team, the London Jags. Uh, unfortunately, this game will not be played over in the UK soil, but it will be played in Canton, Ohio. Of course, the uh, birthplace of the uh, NFL Hall of Fame. And hopefully, maybe, if not next week, then maybe sometime soon, we'll have somebody on that actually most likely will be able to go to that game as he does every year and be a part of the Hall of Fame ceremonies our guy, Mr. Adrian Lunsford. Uh, hopefully, we, maybe we can get him in so he can talk about his experience at the Hall of Fame game and also the Hall of Fame ceremonies. Um, I, I'm, I, I know my boy Lee is not on right now, but I know he is very excited for football finally being back. Um, I'm not too much of a big fan of exhibition football. Um, like I tell people all the time, a sport like football has to be played full speed. It can't be half-assed. If it's half-assed, that's how people get hurt. Uh, and sometimes exhibition games are just not enjoyable to play or watch. Uh, but I do enjoy not just the Hall of Fame game, but also all the preseason, seeing the guys on the lower end of the roster trying to make the team doing whatever is necessary to try to be a special teams guy. Uh, And then, of course, 
after special teams, probably making a, 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 a an appearance on the offense or either the defense and making their way like that because we've seen it time and time again, a guy that is uh, plays his way from special teams and then is able to play offense and also maybe even join the Hall of Fame like a guy like Terrell Davis. So it is possible. It's about, of course, putting in the work and taking advantage of that opportunity. All right. So with this game, um, of course, besides the game being played, we also will, of course, induct uh, six players, one coach and one uh, contributor of the game and the six players that will be joining the class of 2022 uh, will be offensive tackle Tony Baselli, wide receiver Cliff Branch, safety Leroy Butler, linebacker Sam, Sam Mills, and defensive lineman Richard Seymour and Brian Young. Uh, Dick Vermill will enter the Hall of Fame as a coach, and Art McNally will also join the Hall of Fame as only field official and supervisor of officials. So, as y'all can see, if y'all didn't know before, yes, you can also join the Hall of Fame by not being a player. You can also join the Hall of Fame by the work that you do as a uh, NFL contributor, as you can see with Mr. Art McNally. Um, this is one of the one of those classes where, and no disrespect to the gentlemen that are joining, of course, this prestigious honor. Um, course all kudos to them doesn't matter when you get in it's just about getting in uh but sometimes certain classes are a little bit more larger than life than others uh, especially the class last year um but for this class again you have guys like a leroy butler that people probably might know and tony baselli uh but i'm pretty sure some people are kind of uh a little hesitant on sam mills or a guy like brian young uh but for the most part i think this this class is a solid class very very defensive-minded uh, type of class. Uh, Dick Vermeil is a guy that was around the NFL for a, a very long time and was able to uh, finally get a Super Bowl victory with the uh, St. Louis Rams uh, with, with Kurt Warner and, of course, uh, winning that Super Bowl against my beloved Tennessee Titans. Um, and with that being said, my boy Ish, of course, joins me back once again. Uh, yeah, sorry about, that, sorry about that. You're good to finish up. Uh, last topic of the night, of course, Hall of Fame game with the Jacksonville Jaguars and Las Vegas Raiders. Just letting everybody know, of course, the the class of 2022 and uh, talking a little bit about the game ish. Yeah, I mean, uh, this game is always interesting because it is the first game of the year, so a lot of people are going to be excited. A lot of people want to tune in. But when you hear the news, like Trevor Lawrence isn't playing anyway, um, Travis Etienne isn't playing anyway, I, I'm sure a lot of starters on the Raiders side aren't going to play. I mean, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, you're going to be excited that football is back. But at the same time, unless you're a, a fan of the team and you're really entrenched in some of these position battles that you got going on, I don't think that you're going to really be that excited for this game. It's not a game that I'm really checking for at the moment. Um, but, yeah, I'll probably tune in for a little bit. Just check it out because football's back. want to see what's going on with some of these teams. The Raiders are in the Chiefs division. So just to see kind of what the Raiders look like and how deep they look um, is one of the reasons why I watch. But outside of that, i probably watch maybe first quarter, first half or something, and then, piece out of that i was telling the people about you know your london jags unfortunately will be playing in london yeah, this time. yeah they'll, man. Be in, they'll be in canton but they will be in london of course later on this season. Uh, so, man you know, you know it most is likely they won't get a win because they're not in london but you know who knows because they're not playing in jacksonville no, they might get a dub I'm, I'm still um i've you know i'm setting up the petition to send to the nfl to permanently relocate uh jackson the jaguars to london I think if we or at, at the very minimum, we should change their name to the London Jaguars. And I think they will feel better and it'll make them play to a higher level if they have London with them anywhere they go. I don't think it works like that, but I respect, I respect it, though. I respect it. 
Hey, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm as soon as I had the petition ready to go, you know, I'm gonna let everybody know so y'all can go sign that petition uh for the London Jaguars. Well, yeah, I heard it here first. London Jaguars, if it happens, it's all because of this man ish and talking ish. And uh hey, that's that's pretty much it for tonight. Uh this upcoming Thursday, you know, football is quote unquote back. You know, like I was telling them, like I was telling the folks, you know, uh, exhibition football doesn't really tickle my fancy anymore like it used to. You know, it is what it is. I'll I'll tune in for a little bit, but you know, yeah, I'm ready for week one. Ready for week yeah. one. Ready to watch my Titans disappoint me as always. Get my hopes up high and uh, let me down in the postseason like always. So, hey, we'll ready have to, to see that happen. Hey, we'll have to see for sure, for sure, though. Yeah, we'll see the Chiefs get to the AFC Championship game again. Hopefully, you know, we, we got to take it one step at a time, uh, keep building on the good things that we got going on so far. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Fracture Walnut says, ooh, I'm hella Hey, but you made it. That's now. all that matters, Fracture Walnut. Yeah, and we appreciate you made tuning it. in. And uh, we, of course, will be here back once again next Tuesday night. 9 p.m. Central Time, 10 o'clock Eastern Time. We thank y'all, as always, for tuning in. And, uh, hey, like I said, football's back. And now we can actually cover some, some real football. We'll be, of course, talking. We'll be recapping the NFL Hall of, Hall of Fame game next Tuesday. Of course, we'll talk more about some training camp and, of course, whatever other bombshells that's going to be dropping next uh, in the next couple of days. Uh, because also as well, be on the lookout uh, for maybe the NFL. Uh, trying oh, the to appeal. Yeah, if the appeal comes through, yeah. Uh, because Definitely I know that. I didn't bring this up earlier, but I know that Ish said that he won't that he won't see the NFL uh, trying to appeal that suspension. But I think that they will, Ish. I think they will do that tomorrow morning slash afternoon around on Wednesday around you know eleven or one o'clock ish. They'll appeal it. And it will create even more drama because now you're trying to pretty much be the judge, jury, and executioner if you wanted to abide by the CBA. But I think that's the very reason why they can't appeal it. But that's, that's what I'm, I agree. I agree. That's why they're, they're stuck right now. So it'll be very interesting to see how the NFL uh, plays. It will be. So. It will be. All right, everybody. We appreciate y'all for tuning in. As always, we'll see y'all next Tuesday at X Talking Ish. Yeah. Thank one. you, guys. Yes, sir. Peace.